thing can we do than to enter the throne of God? You know, some of you know there's a football game tonight. Okay, that's nothing. Nothing compared to being in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. And you know, the Almighty God is actually inviting us to join Him in that prayer. How exciting is that? He is asking and joining us to come into His presence and talk with Him this evening. I know Mike prayed, but let's just take a moment and pray, God, we come to your throne of grace and mercy, and we just pray that the, the Holy Spirit would just come speak to us, God, the things that you have for us. I pray that I would just get out of the way and allow the Spirit of God to just flow mightily in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to be in Exodus 33 tonight. Uh, starting in verse 12, Exodus 33, 12, if you have your Bible or your tablets, you can be turning there. I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, background before we get started, but our theme for tonight is the glory and the presence of the Lord. The glory and presence of the Lord. So let me just give you a little bit of background as we come up to our scripture. This is, uh, this is when Moses miraculously led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. We know the story, and as they went through on dry ground, then God closed up the water, right, and destroyed the Egyptians and set them free. And then shortly after that, God calls Moses up to Mount Sinai for the Ten Commandments. And if you remember what happened, the people got anxious. They're like, we don't even know what happened to this man Moses, right? We're going to create our own God. They created the golden calf. Remember, And they worshiped the golden calf as if it was their own God. And Moses really had to plea with God because he wanted to destroy them. Had to intercede so that God did not destroy the people for their disobedience. And then God instructed Moses to take the people into the promised land. So that's where we're going to pick up tonight. We're going to read through Exodus 33, 12 through 19. And let's just see what the Lord wants to speak to us tonight. Amen? All right, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, Teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and you will have rest. Just keep that in mind, church, that any time that we are in the presence of the Lord, we will have rest. There is always rest in the presence of the Lord. Verse 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And then the Lord said to Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. 
show me your glory. And I just want to let you know, church, that every single one of us in this room can experience the glory and presence of the Lord. Every one of us today can experience that. In verse, just kind of look back, if you have your Bibles, verse 15, we're going to key in on this. It says, then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. See, Moses is adamant that he does not want to be separated from the presence of the Lord. God, if you're not directing our steps, we don't want to move forward. And oh, how church, Christ followers, we need that same conviction in our lives today. See, if God is not leading us, we want to stay put. But if the Holy Spirit is leading us to make a move, then we must be obedient to his calling and where he's directing us. See, obedience to God will always lead us into the presence of the Lord, and there is no greater joy, church, than being in God's presence. Now, these words, presence of the Lord, can seem a little confusing, so I just want to take a moment and just explain a few things. There are two main words that we use to describe God's presence, okay? We have the omni presence of the Lord, and we have the manifest presence of the Lord, okay? And I'll explain those so we have a better understanding. <clears throat> See, God's omnipresence means that he is everywhere at all times, right? Everywhere at all times. Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand will lead me there, and your right hand shall hold me up. God's presence, omnipresence. See, no matter where we go, we can never be separated from the omnipresence of the Lord. There is no place that God does not exist. But now let's talk about the manifest presence of the Lord. The manifest presence of God is the awareness of God's presence in our lives. I'll say that one more time. That's his manifest presence is the awareness of God in our lives. Like what A.W. Tozer said, he is manifest only when and as we are aware of his presence. You hear that word, aware of his presence. Let me give you some examples. We'll go back to Adam and Eve. You know, they were placed in the Garden of Eden, and they regularly walked, and they talked with the Lord. Like some of us will do tonight. We're just going to go outside, right? We're going to walk and talk with the Lord. They experienced that manifest presence of God. But then one day, we all know what happened. They were disobedient, right? And they ate of the unforbidden fruit. And then their eyes, right, were open to good and to evil. And they realized that they were naked and they hid themselves with fig trees. And listen to what the scripture says. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Chapter 4 of Genesis, 
Cain was angry because God did not respect his offering, but he did respect the offering of Abel. And that angered him. And eventually, because of that, it angered him so much that he killed his brother Abel. In chapter 4, it goes on to say that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. See, Cain was no longer walking in that manifest presence of God. And then one more example we see in Jonah. We all know the story, but God instructed Jonah to go where? To Nineveh, right? To warn them of judgment. But instead, what does he do? He goes to Joppa, and he tries to find a ship heading the exact opposite way of where God was telling him to go. In verse 2, it says that Jonah left the presence of the Lord. You see, in all of these cases, we see there's a pattern in each of these. Although we can never leave the omnipresence of God, we can leave the manifest presence of him, the awareness of God in our lives. See, that awareness of him in our lives is diminished the moment that we are disobedient to him. See, Adam and Eve, we see, they ate the unforbidden fruit. We see that Cain was upset about the offering. He killed his brother. Jonah went the opposite direction from where God was taking him. So in every case, they left the presence of the Lord. Isaiah 59.2 says it like this, Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. That scripture was, Pastor Day brought that up this weekend too, that God does not hear our prayers when we have that ongoing sin in our life. See, willful ongoing sin in our life, it separates us from a holy God. And that's why Peter would say, be holy in all your conduct. The Lord said, be holy for I am holy. Any disobedience, right, in our lives to God's written word or to what God has spoken us to do will hinder our relationship with the Lord. It will break our fellowship with him. And just like all the examples of Adam and Eve, Cain and Jonah, until we repent of that sin and we are obedient to what God is calling us to do, we will have that separation from that presence, that awareness of God in our lives. James 4, 8 says to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But there's more to that verse. It goes on to say, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, that's the part of the verse we don't really like to hear. But the reality is the unclean hands, right, and a defiled heart will hinder the awareness of God's presence in our lives. Psalm 139, David would say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked or offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So as we enter this time of prayer, let's just really seek the Lord and just ask the Lord to reveal any areas in our life 
of any disobedience that are just really preventing us from experiencing the fullness and presence of God in our lives. See, there truly is no greater place to be than in the presence of the Lord. So as we transition into prayer, I'll just say feel free, as Mike talked about, roam around the campus. We just ask that you don't come up here. Feel free to kneel up front. Maybe take a walk outside. I think the rain's kind of died down, so take a walk outside. It's nice sometimes. Less distractions. Just outside walking and talking with the Lord. It's a great time to just walk and talk with the Lord. But I was just kind of thinking as we prepare to close out, you know, there are certain times in our life when we really don't know how to pray. And I was really thinking about that. Um, Sometimes when we're down here praying for people, we'll have people who will come forward for prayer. They start to talk and they just start weeping. They're just weeping. So how do you pray for them? And I was just thinking that Paul would say in Romans, the spirit helps in our weaknesses, right? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he says he intercedes for us according to the will of God. And I was really thinking about that. That really is being sensitive in tune to the presence of the manifest presence of God around us, being sensitive because there are times when we do not even know what to say. And we just have to allow God to use us to pray over this person when we don't even know what to pray. And it's amazing how many times we pray for these people and they look at you like, how did you know? We did not know, but it's the Spirit of God who intercedes for us according to the will of God. And as we go into this corporate time, it's just a wonderful time that we just, we come together and we're just glorifying God, seeking God's presence, seeking his direction. So as we take a few minutes to pray, Let's just lift our hands up to the Lord, just in a surrender to the Lord. Father, we come as you instructed us boldly to the throne, God, of grace and mercy. God, you're inviting us into your presence in time of need. God, we just thank you that we have this opportunity that we can just come boldly to your throne that we can seek you, Lord, that we can seek your face. And God, we just pray that we would be a church that is just cleansed and holy and blameless before you, that when you return, that you find your church prepared for yourself. God, we just pray for those in here who are struggling right now, God, that you would meet every need because we know there is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too difficult for you. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would just come right now for those who need that touch, who need a cleanse in their life, who need a healing in their life. God, you are the God who still heals today. God, you're still doing miracles today. 
And Lord, just those maybe who are just struggling right now with just, maybe there's a certain sin that's in their life that they are just struggling with. And God, they desire so much to just want to be in your presence and just be able to put that behind them. I ask in the powerful name of Jesus that they would be set free tonight. God, we praise your holy name. You are worthy to be praised, God. You are worthy of all of our praise and honor and glory. And we thank you that we can come, that this is a house of prayer. God, that you've called us to be a house of prayer. Just looking to you, God, because sometimes we truly do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you, Lord. And we're just looking for you to guide and direct us by your presence, that we can just sense your presence leading us to the left or to the right, that you would say, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or to the left. God, we do pray that you would just pour out your glory, God, onto our church. Just your presence will be felt in such a mighty way through the, the worshiping of you, through the teaching of your word, that as people come in, they just sense the presence of the Lord in this house. God, we just are in all of you. Complete all of you and what you do in each and every one of our lives. Is every one of us is truly a miracle, God, that you brought us out of that darkness, out of the darkness, and set our feet upon a rock. And we are living in the marvelous light. God, no matter how things may be around us and in this world, we have hope. We have hope because of Jesus Christ. God, we are secure in our salvation, and we know where we are going. We just give this time to you, Lord, as we just worship you with our mouths and with our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I felt like the Spirit was leading me to do something while we were worshiping, and Mike and I had already arranged where I was going to be closing out. And uh, my dad is here from Iowa, and he's been a prayer warrior for so many years my whole family is saved, and it started with him getting saved in about 1975, 76, and he's prayed for my mom, uh, my siblings, and now so many people in our family, and I'm going to ask if my dad would come. I'm going to come down here on the floor, and um, I also have uh, my wife, Barb, and uh, our daughter, Christy, and her family. Why don't you come down, too, because... We're going to pray for families. Every one of you have lost loved ones, I'm sure. And I'm going to have my dad pray. In fact, standing up here is going to be four generations of us because uh, my dad, our daughter, Christy, her husband, David, as you know, one of the pastors here, and our two grandkids that are here, uh, Reuben and Mary. And uh, I want my dad to pray for all of us for lost loved ones because here's what I know, and I'm not... I'm, I'm going to brag on him a little bit. It would be wrong for him to do it on himself, but I can do it about him. But they live in Iowa. He's got a little room in the basement where he's got, it's his prayer room. He's got pictures of missionaries from all over the world. He faithfully goes down there every morning. And he's praying. He's praying for family. He's, he's a result of me coming to Christ because I know the chain reaction when we pray for the lost loved ones, 
people get saved. And so he didn't know I'm going to do this. He would not have probably agreed to it. Uh, he's a small business owner, farmer up in Iowa, and he's not a pastor, but you know what? He knows how to pray. And so, Dad, would you be so kind to pray for everybody here? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come before you. You're great and awesome, Lord. You're mighty, Lord. Your glory is forever and ever. I pray the glory of God would fall in this place, Lord. Whatever you want to be done would be done by your power, by your might, Lord. We seek your face, Lord. We know we seek your hand a lot of times, but we need to seek your face, Lord. So we seek your face, Lord, for who you are. You're awesome, Lord. You're mighty, Lord. You're coming soon, Lord. You're our blessed hope. It says, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. So I pray for salvation, Lord. That's the number one thing you want to do is save people, Lord. You want them in your kingdom to live with you forever and ever. And someday we're going to be there, Lord. We want to take as many people as we can with you, Lord. So we pray for salvation for lost ones. In every family here, Lord, we pray for salvation. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. can we do than to enter the throne of God? You know, some of you know there's a football game tonight. Okay, that's nothing. Nothing compared to being in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. And you know, the Almighty God is actually inviting us to join Him in that prayer. How exciting is that? He is asking and joining us to come into his presence and talk with him this evening. I know Mike prayed, but let's just take a moment and pray, God, we come to your throne of grace and mercy, and we just pray that the, the Holy Spirit would just come speak to us, God, the things that you have for us. I pray that I would just get out of the way and allow the Spirit of God to just flow mightily in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to be in Exodus 33 tonight. Uh, starting in verse 12, Exodus 33, 12, if you have your Bible or your tablets, you can be turning there. I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, background before we get started, but our theme for tonight is the glory and the presence of the Lord. The glory and presence of the Lord. So let me just give you a little bit of background as we come up to our scripture. This is, uh, this is when Moses miraculously led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. We know the story, and as they went through on dry ground, then God closed up the water, right, and destroyed the Egyptians and set them free. And then shortly after that, God calls Moses up to Mount Sinai for the Ten Commandments. And if you remember what happened, the people got anxious. They're like, we don't even know what happened to this man Moses, right? We're going to create our own God. They created the golden calf, Remember, And they worshiped the golden calf as if it was their own God. And Moses really had to plea with God because he wanted to destroy them. Had to intercede so that God did not destroy the people for their disobedience. And then God instructed Moses to take the people into the promised land. 
So that's where we're going to pick up tonight. We're going to read through Exodus 33, 12 through 19. And let's just see what the Lord wants to speak to us tonight. Amen? All right, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, Teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and you will have rest. Just keep that in mind, church, that any time that we are in the presence of the Lord, we will have rest. There is always rest in the presence of the Lord. Verse 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And then the Lord said to Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Show me your glory. And I just want to let you know, church, that every single one of us in this room can experience the glory and presence of the Lord. Every one of us today can experience that. In verse, just kind of look back, if you have your Bibles, verse 15, we're going to key in on this. It says, Then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. See, Moses is adamant that he does not want to be separated from the presence of the Lord. God, if you're not directing our steps, we don't want to move forward. And oh, how church, Christ followers, we need that same conviction in our lives today. See, if God is not leading us, We want to stay put. But if the Holy Spirit is leading us to make a move, then we must be obedient to his calling and where he's directing us. See, obedience to God will always lead us into the presence of the Lord. And there is no greater joy, church, than being in God's presence. Now, these words, presence of the Lord can seem a little confusing, so I just want to take a moment and just explain a few things. There are two main words that we use to describe God's presence, okay? We have the omni-presence of the Lord, and we have the manifest presence of the Lord, okay? And I'll explain those so we have a better understanding. See, God's omnipresence means that he is everywhere at all times, Right? Everywhere at all times. Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand will lead me there and your right hand shall hold me up. 
God's presence, omnipresence. See, no matter where we go, we can never be separated from the omnipresence of the Lord. There is no place that God does not exist. But now let's talk about the manifest presence of the Lord. The manifest presence of God is the awareness of God's presence in our lives. I'll say that one more time. That's his manifest presence is the awareness of God in our lives. Like what A.W. Tozer said, he is manifest only when and as we are aware of his presence. You hear that word, aware of his presence. Let me give you some examples. We'll go back to Adam and Eve. You know, they were placed in the Garden of Eden and they regularly walked and they talked with the Lord. Like some of us will do tonight. We're just gonna go outside, right? We're gonna walk and talk with the Lord. They experienced that manifest presence of God. But then one day, we all know what happened. They were disobedient, right? And they ate of the unforbidden fruit. And then their eyes, right, were open to good and to evil. And they realized that they were naked and they hid themselves with fig trees. And listen to what the scripture says. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Chapter 4 of Genesis Cain was angry because God did not respect his offering, but he did respect the offering of Abel. And that angered him. And eventually, because of that, it angered him so much that he killed his brother Abel. In chapter 4, it goes on to say that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. See, Cain was no longer walking in that manifest presence of God. And then one more example we see in Jonah. We all know the story, but God instructed Jonah to go where? To Nineveh, right? To warn them of judgment. But instead, what does he do? He goes to Joppa and he tries to find a ship heading the exact opposite way of where God was telling him to go. In verse 2, it says that Jonah left the presence of the Lord. You see, in all of these cases, we see there's a pattern in each of these. Although we can never leave the omnipresence of God, we can leave the manifest presence of him, the awareness of God in our lives. See, that awareness of him in our lives is diminished the moment that we are disobedient to him. See, Adam and Eve, we see, they ate the unforbidden fruit. We see that Cain was upset about the offering. He killed his brother. Jonah went the opposite direction from where God was taking him. So in every case, they left the presence of the Lord. Isaiah 59.2 says it like this, your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. That scripture was, Pastor Day brought that up this weekend too, that God does not hear our prayers when we have that ongoing sin in our life. See, willful ongoing sin in our life, it separates us from a holy God. And that's why Peter would say, be holy in all your conduct. The Lord said, be holy for I am holy. 
any disobedience, right, in our lives to God's written word or to what God has spoken us to do will hinder our relationship with the Lord. It will break our fellowship with him. And just like all the examples of Adam and Eve, Cain and Jonah, until we repent of that sin and we are obedient to what God is calling us to do, we will have that separation from that presence, that awareness of God in our lives. James 4, 8 says to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But there's more to that verse. It goes on to say, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, that's the part of the verse we don't really like to hear. But the reality is the unclean hands, right, and a defiled heart will hinder the awareness of God's presence in our lives. Psalm 139, David would say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked or offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So as we enter this time of prayer, let's just really seek the Lord and just ask the Lord to reveal any areas in our life of any disobedience that are just really preventing us from experiencing the fullness and presence of God in our lives. See, there truly is no greater place to be than in the presence of the Lord. So as we transition into prayer, I'll just say feel free, as Mike talked about, roam around the campus. We just ask that you don't come up here. Feel free to kneel up front. Maybe take a walk outside. I think the rain's kind of died down, so take a walk outside. It's nice sometimes. Less distractions. Just outside walking and talking with the Lord. It's a great time to just walk and talk with the Lord. But I was just kind of thinking as we prepare to close out, you know, there are certain times in our life when we really don't know how to pray. And I was really thinking about that. Um, sometimes when we're down here praying for people, we'll have people who will come forward for prayer, they start to talk and they just start weeping. They're just weeping. So how do you pray for them? And I was just thinking that Paul would say in Romans, the spirit helps in our weaknesses, right? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. He says he intercedes for us according to the will of God. And I was really thinking about that. That really is being sensitive in tune to the presence, the manifest presence of God around us. Being sensitive because there are times when we do not even know what to say. And we just have to allow God to use us to pray over this person when we don't even know what to pray. And it's amazing how many times we pray for these people and they look at you like, how did you know? We did not know, but it's the Spirit of God who intercedes for us according to the will of God. And as we go into this corporate time, it's just a wonderful time that we just, we come together. And we're just glorifying God 
seeking God's presence, seeking his direction. So as we take a few minutes to pray, let's just lift our hands up to the Lord, just in a surrender to the Lord. Father, we come as you instructed us boldly to the throne, God, of grace and mercy. God, you're inviting us into your presence in time of need. God, we just thank you that we have this opportunity that we can just come boldly to your throne, that we can seek you, Lord, that we can seek your face. And God, we just pray that we would be a church that is just cleansed and holy and blameless before you, that when you return, that you find your church prepared for yourself. God, we just pray for those in here who are struggling right now. God, that you would meet every need because we know there is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too difficult for you. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would just come right now for those who need that touch, who need a cleanse in their life, who need a healing in their life. God, you are the God who still heals today. God, you're still doing miracles today. And Lord, just those maybe who are just struggling right now would just, maybe there's a certain sin that's in their life that they are just struggling with. And God, they desire so much to just want to be in your presence and just be able to put that behind them. I ask in the powerful name of Jesus that they would be set free tonight. God, we praise your holy name. You are worthy to be praised, God. You are worthy of all of our praise and honor and glory. And we thank you that we can come, that this is a house of prayer. God, that you've called us to be a house of prayer. Just looking to you, God, because sometimes we truly do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you, Lord. And we're just looking for you to guide and direct us by your presence, that we can just sense your presence leading us to the left or to the right, that you would say, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or to the left. God, we do pray that you would just pour out your glory, God, onto our church. Just your presence will be felt in such a mighty way through the, the worshiping of you, through the teaching of your word, that as people come in, they just sense the presence of the Lord in this house. God, we just are in all of you. Complete all of you and what you do in each and every one of our lives. Is every one of us is truly a miracle, God, that you brought us out of that darkness out of the darkness and set our feet upon a rock. And we are living in the marvelous light. God, no matter how things may be around us and in this world, we have hope. We have hope because of Jesus Christ. God, we are secure in our salvation and we know where we are going. So we just give this time to you, Lord, as we just worship you with our mouths and with our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I felt like the Spirit was leading me to do something while we were worshiping, and Mike and I had already arranged where I was going to be closing out. And uh, my dad is here from Iowa, 
and he's been a prayer warrior for so many years. My whole family is saved, and it started with him getting saved in about 1975, 76, and he's prayed for my mom, uh, my siblings, and now so many people in our family, and I'm going to ask if my dad would come. I'm going to come down here on the floor, and um, I also have uh, my wife, Barb, and uh, our daughter, Christy, and her family. Why don't you come down, too, because... We're going to pray for families. Every one of you have lost loved ones, I'm sure. And I'm going to have my dad pray. In fact, standing up here is going to be four generations of us because uh, my dad, our daughter, Christy, her husband, David, as you know, one of the pastors here, and our two grandkids that are here, uh, Reuben and Mary. And uh, I want my dad to pray for all of us for lost loved ones because here's what I know, and I'm not... I'm, I'm going to brag on him a little bit. It would be wrong for him to do it on himself, but I can do it about him. But they live in Iowa. He's got a little room in the basement where he's got, it's his prayer room. He's got pictures of missionaries from all over the world. He faithfully goes down there every morning. He's praying. He's praying for family. He's, he's the result of me coming to Christ because I know the chain reaction when we pray for the lost loved ones, people get saved. And so... He didn't know I'm going to do this. He would not have probably agreed to it. Uh, he's a small business owner, farmer up in Iowa, and he's not a pastor, but you know what? He knows how to pray. And so, Dad, would you be so kind to pray for everybody here? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come before you. You're great and awesome, Lord. You're mighty, Lord. Your glory is forever and ever. I pray the glory of God would fall in this place, Lord. Whatever you want to be done would be done by your power, by your might, Lord. We seek your face, Lord. We know we seek your hand a lot of times, but we need to seek your face, Lord. So we seek your face, Lord, for who you are. You're awesome, Lord. You're mighty, Lord. You're coming soon, Lord. You're our blessed hope. It says, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. So I pray for salvation, Lord. That's the number one thing you want to do is save people, Lord. You want them in your kingdom to live with you forever and ever. And someday we're going to be there, Lord. We want to take as many people we can with you, Lord. So we pray for salvation for lost ones. In every family here, Lord, we pray for salvation. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. can we do than to enter the throne of God? You know, some of you know there's a football game tonight. Okay, that's nothing. Nothing compared to being in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. And you know, the almighty God is actually inviting us to join him in that prayer. How exciting is that? He is asking and joining us to come into his presence and talk with him this evening. I know Mike prayed, but let's just take a moment and pray, God, we come to your throne of grace and mercy, and we just pray that the, the Holy Spirit would just come speak to us, God, the things that you have for us. I pray that I would just get out of the way and allow the Spirit of God to just flow mightily in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. So we're going to be in Exodus 33 tonight, uh, starting in verse 12. Exodus 33, 12, if you have your Bible or your tablets, you can be turning there. I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, background before we get started, but our theme for tonight is the glory and the presence of the Lord. The glory and presence of the Lord. So let me just give you a little bit of background as we come up to our scripture. This is Uh, This is when Moses miraculously led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. We know the story. And as they went through on dry ground, then God closed up the water, right, and destroyed the Egyptians and set them free. And then shortly after that, God calls Moses up to Mount Sinai for the Ten Commandments. And if you remember what happened, the people got anxious. They're like, we don't even know what happened to this man, Moses, right? We're going to create our own God. They created the golden calf, remember? And they worshiped the golden calf as if it was their own God. And Moses really had to plea with God because he wanted to destroy them. Had to intercede so that God did not destroy the people for their disobedience. And then God instructed Moses to take the people into the promised land. So that's where we're going to pick up tonight. We're going to read through Exodus 33, 12 through 19. And let's just see what the Lord wants to speak to us tonight. Amen? All right, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, Teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and you will have rest. Just keep that in mind, church, that any time that we are in the presence of the Lord, we will have rest. There is always rest in the presence of the Lord. Verse 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And then the Lord said to Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Show me your glory. And I just want to let you know, church, that every single one of us in this room can experience the glory and presence of the Lord. Every one of us today can experience that. In verse, just kind of look back, if you have your Bibles, verse 15, we're going to key on this. It says, Then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. See, Moses is adamant that he does not want to be separated from the presence of the Lord. See, God, if you're not directing our steps, we don't want to move forward. And oh, how church, Christ followers, we need that same conviction in our lives today. See, if God is not leading us, We want to stay put. But 
if the Holy Spirit is leading us to make a move, then we must be obedient to his calling and where he's directing us. See, obedience to God will always lead us into the presence of the Lord, and there is no greater joy, church, than being in God's presence. Now, these words, presence of the Lord, can seem a little confusing, so I just want to take a moment and just explain a few things. There are two main words that we use to describe God's presence, okay? We have the omnipresence of the Lord, and we have the manifest presence of the Lord. Okay, and I'll explain those so we have a better understanding. <clears throat> See, God's omnipresence means that he is everywhere at all times, right? Everywhere at all times. Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand will lead me there, and your right hand shall hold me up. God's presence, omnipresence. See, no matter where we go, we can never be separated from the omnipresence of the Lord. There is no place that God does not exist. But now let's talk about the manifest presence of the Lord. The manifest presence of God is the awareness of God's presence in our lives. I'll say that one more time. That's his manifest presence is the awareness of God in our lives. Like what A.W. Tozer said, he is manifest only when and as we are aware of his presence. You hear that word, aware of his presence. Let me give you some examples. We'll go back to Adam and Eve. You know, they were placed in the Garden of Eden, and they regularly walked, and they talked with the Lord. Like some of us will do tonight. We're just going to go outside, right? We're going to walk and talk with the Lord. They experienced that manifest presence of God. But then one day, we all know what happened. They were disobedient, right? And they ate of the unforbidden fruit. And then their eyes, right, were open to good and to evil. And they realized that they were naked and they hid themselves with fig trees. And listen to what the scripture says. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Chapter 4 of Genesis. Cain was angry because God did not respect his offering, but he did respect the offering of Abel. And that angered him. And eventually, because of that, it angered him so much that he killed his brother Abel. In chapter 4, it goes on to say that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. See, Cain was no longer walking in that manifest presence of God. And then one more example we see in Jonah. We all know the story, but God instructed Jonah to go where? To Nineveh, right? To warn them of judgment. But instead, what does he do? He goes to Joppa, and he tries to find a ship heading the exact opposite way of where God was telling him to go. In verse 2, it says that Jonah 
left the presence of the Lord. You see, in all of these cases, we see there's a pattern in each of these. Although we can never leave the omnipresence of God, we can leave the manifest presence of Him, the awareness of God in our lives. See, that awareness of Him in our lives is diminished the moment that we are disobedient to Him. See, Adam and Eve, we see, they ate the unforbidden fruit. We see that Cain was upset about the offering. He killed his brother. Jonah went the opposite direction from where God was taking him. So in every case, they left the presence of the Lord. Isaiah 59.2 says it like this, Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. That scripture was, Pastor Day brought that up this weekend too, that God does not hear our prayers when we have that ongoing sin in our life. See, willful ongoing sin in our life, it separates us from a holy God. And that's why Peter would say, be holy in all your conduct. The Lord said, be holy for I am holy. Any disobedience, right, in our lives to God's written word, or to what God has spoken us to do will hinder our relationship with the Lord. It will break our fellowship with him. And just like all the examples of Adam and Eve, Cain and Jonah, until we repent of that sin and we are obedient to what God is calling us to do, we will have that separation from that presence, that awareness of God in our lives. James 4, 8 says to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But there's more to that verse. It goes on to say, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, that's the part of the verse we don't really like to hear. But the reality is the unclean hands, right, and a defiled heart will hinder the awareness of God's presence in our lives. Psalm 139, David would say, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked or offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So as we enter this time of prayer, let's just really seek the Lord and just ask the Lord to reveal any areas in our life of any disobedience that are just really preventing us from experiencing the fullness and presence of God in our lives. See, there truly is no greater place to be than in the presence of the Lord. So as we transition into prayer, I'll just say feel free, as Mike talked about, roam around the campus. We just ask that you don't come up here Feel free to kneel up front. Maybe take a walk outside. I think the rain's kind of died down, so take a walk outside. It's nice sometimes. Less distractions. Just outside walking and talking with the Lord. It's a great time to just walk and talk with the Lord. But I was just kind of thinking as we prepare to close out, you know, there's certain times in our life when we really don't know how to pray. And I was really thinking about that. Um, sometimes when we're down here praying for people, we'll have people who will come forward for prayer, they start to talk, 
and they just start weeping. They're just weeping. So how do you pray for them? And I was just thinking that Paul would say in Romans, the spirit helps in our weaknesses, right? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. He says he intercedes for us according to the will of God. And I was really thinking about that. That really is being sensitive in tune to the presence, the manifest presence of God around us, being sensitive because there are times when we do not even know what to say. And we just have to allow God to use us to pray over this person when we don't even know what to pray. And it's amazing how many times we pray for these people and they look at you like, how did you know? We did not know, but it's the Spirit of God who intercedes for us according to the will of God. And as we go into this corporate time, it's just a wonderful time that we just, we come together and we're just glorifying God seeking God's presence, seeking his direction. So as we take a few minutes to pray, let's just lift our hands up to the Lord, just in the surrender to the Lord. Father, we come as you instructed us boldly to the throne, God, of grace and mercy. God, you're inviting us into your presence in time of need. God, we just thank you that we have this opportunity that we can just come boldly to your throne, that we can seek you, Lord, that we can seek your face. And God, we just pray that we would be a church that is just cleansed and holy and blameless before you, that when you return, that you find your church prepared for yourself. God, we just pray for those in here who are struggling right now. God, that you would meet every need because we know there is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too difficult for you. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would just come right now for those who need that touch, who need a cleanse in their life, who need a healing in their life. God, you are the God who still heals today. God, you're still doing miracles today. And Lord, just those maybe who are just struggling right now with just, maybe there's a certain sin that's in their life that they are just struggling with. And God, they desire so much to just want to be in your presence and just be able to put that behind them. I ask in the powerful name of Jesus that they would be set free tonight. God, we praise your holy name. You are worthy to be praised, God. You are worthy of all of our praise and honor and glory. And we thank you that we can come, that this is a house of prayer. God, that you've called us to be a house of prayer. Just looking to you, God, because sometimes we truly do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you, Lord. And we're just looking for you to guide and direct us by your presence, that we can just sense your presence leading us to the left or to the right, that you would say, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or to the left.
God, we do pray that you would just pour out your glory, God, onto our church. Just your presence will be felt in such a mighty way through the, the worshiping of you, through the teaching of your word, that as people come in, they just sense the presence of the Lord in this house. God, we just are in all of you. Complete all of you and what you do in each and every one of our lives. Is every one of us is truly a miracle, God, that you brought us out of that darkness out of the darkness and set our feet upon a rock. And we are living in the marvelous light. God, no matter how things may be around us and in this world, we have hope. We have hope because of Jesus Christ. God, we are secure in our salvation and we know where we are going. We just give this time to you, Lord, as we just worship you with our mouths and with our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I felt like the Spirit was leading me to do something while we were worshiping, and Mike and I had already arranged where I was going to be closing out. And uh, my dad is here from Iowa, and he's been a prayer warrior for so many years. My whole family is saved. And it started with him getting saved in about 1975, 76. And he's prayed for my mom, uh, my siblings, and now so many people in our family. And I'm going to ask if my dad would come. I'm going to come down here on the floor. And um, I also have uh, my wife, Barb, and uh, our daughter, Christy, and her family. Why don't you come down, too? Because... We're going to pray for families. Every one of you have lost loved ones, I'm sure. And I'm going to have my dad pray. In fact, standing up here is going to be four generations of us because uh, my dad, our daughter, Christy, her husband, David, as you know, one of the pastors here, and our two grandkids that are here, uh, Reuben and Mary. And uh, I want my dad to pray for all of us for lost loved ones because here's what I know, and I'm not... I'm, I'm going to brag on him a little bit. It would be wrong for him to do it on himself, but I can do it about him. But they live in Iowa. He's got a little room in the basement where he's got, it's his prayer room. He's got pictures of missionaries from all over the world. He faithfully goes down there every morning. He's praying. He's praying for family. He's, he's the result of me coming to Christ because I know the chain reaction when we pray for the lost loved ones, people get saved. And so... He didn't know I'm going to do this. He would not have probably agreed to it. Uh, he's a small business owner, farmer up in Iowa, and he's not a pastor, but you know what? He knows how to pray. And so, Dad, would you be so kind to pray for everybody here? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come before you. You're great and awesome, Lord. You're mighty, Lord. Your glory is forever and ever. I pray the glory of God would fall in this place, Lord. Whatever you want to be done would be done by your power, by your might, Lord. We seek your face, Lord. We know we seek your hand a lot of times, but we need to seek your face, Lord. So we seek your face, Lord, for who you are. You're awesome, Lord. You're mighty, Lord. You're coming soon, Lord. You're our blessed hope. It says looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. So I pray for salvation, Lord. That's the number one thing you want to do is save people, Lord. You want them in your kingdom to live with you forever and ever. And someday we're going to be there, Lord. 
We want to take as many people we can with you, Lord. So we pray for salvation for lost ones. In every family here, Lord, we pray for salvation. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. can we do than to enter the throne of God? You know, some of you know there's a football game tonight. Okay, that's nothing. Nothing compared to being in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. And you know, the Almighty God is actually inviting us to join Him in that prayer. How exciting is that? He is asking and joining us to come into his presence and talk with him this evening. I know Mike prayed, but let's just take a moment and pray, God, we come to your throne of grace and mercy, and we just pray that the the Holy Spirit would just come speak to us, God, the things that you have for us. I pray that I would just get out of the way and allow the Spirit of God to just flow mightily in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to be in Exodus 33 tonight. Uh, starting in verse 12, Exodus 33, 12, if you have your Bible or your tablets, you can be turning there. I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, background before we get started, but our theme for tonight is the glory and the presence of the Lord. The glory and presence of the Lord. So let me just give you a little bit of background as we come up to our scripture. This is, uh, this is when Moses miraculously led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. We know the story, and as they went through on dry ground, then God closed up the water, right, and destroyed the Egyptians and set them free. And then shortly after that, God calls Moses up to Mount Sinai for the Ten Commandments. And if you remember what happened, the people got anxious. They're like, we don't even know what happened to this man Moses, right? We're going to create our own God. They created the golden calf. Remember, And they worshiped the golden calf as if it was their own God. And Moses really had to plea with God because he wanted to destroy them. Had to intercede so that God did not destroy the people for their disobedience. And then God instructed Moses to take the people into the promised land. So that's where we're going to pick up tonight. We're going to read through Exodus 33, 12 through 19. And let's just see what the Lord wants to speak to us tonight. Amen? All right, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, Teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and you will have rest. Just keep that in mind, church, that any time that we are in the presence of the Lord, we will have rest. There is always rest in the presence of the Lord. Verse 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know 
that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And then the Lord said to Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Show me your glory. And I just want to let you know, church, that every single one of us in this room can experience the glory and presence of the Lord. Every one of us today can experience that. In verse, just kind of look back, if you have your Bibles, verse 15, we're going to key in on this. It says, then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. See, Moses is adamant that he does not want to be separated from the presence of the Lord. See, God, if you're not directing our steps, we don't want to move forward. And oh, how church, Christ followers, we need that same conviction in our lives today. See, if God is not leading us, we want to stay put. But if the Holy Spirit is leading us to make a move, then we must be obedient to his calling and where he's directing us. See, obedience to God will always lead us into the presence of the Lord, and there is no greater joy, church, than being in God's presence. Now, these words, presence of the Lord, can seem a little confusing, so I just want to take a moment and just explain a few things. There are two main words that we use to describe God's presence, okay? We have the omnipresence of the Lord, and we have the manifest presence of the Lord. Okay, and I'll explain those so we have a better understanding. <clears throat> See, God's omnipresence means that he is everywhere at all times, right? Everywhere at all times. Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand will lead me there, and your right hand shall hold me up. God's presence, omnipresence. See, no matter where we go, we can never be separated from the omnipresence of the Lord. There is no place that God does not exist. But now let's talk about the manifest presence of the Lord. The manifest presence of God is the awareness of God's presence in our lives. I'll say that one more time. That's his manifest presence is the awareness of God in our lives. Like what A.W. Tozer said, he is manifest only when and as we are aware of his presence. You hear that word, aware of his presence. Let me give you some examples. We'll go back to Adam and Eve. You know, they were placed in the Garden of Eden, and they regularly walked, and they talked with the Lord. Like some of us will do tonight. We're just going to go outside, right? We're going to walk and talk with the Lord. They experienced that manifest presence of God. But then one day, 
We all know what happened. They were disobedient, right? And they ate of the unforbidden fruit. And then their eyes, right, were open to good and to evil. And they realized that they were naked and they hid themselves with fig trees. And listen to what the scripture says. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Chapter 4 of Genesis. Cain was angry because God did not respect his offering, but he did respect the offering of Abel. And that angered him. And eventually, because of that, it angered him so much that he killed his brother Abel. In chapter 4, it goes on to say that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. See, Cain was no longer walking in that manifest presence of God. And then one more example we see in Jonah. We all know the story, but God instructed Jonah to go where? To Nineveh, right? To warn them of judgment. But instead, what does he do? He goes to Joppa, and he tries to find a ship heading the exact opposite way of where God was telling him to go. In verse 2, it says that Jonah left the presence of the Lord. You see, in all of these cases, we see there's a pattern in each of these. Although we can never leave the omnipresence of God, we can leave the manifest presence of him, the awareness of God in our lives. See, that awareness of him in our lives is diminished the moment that we are disobedient to him. See, Adam and Eve, we see, they ate the unforbidden fruit. We see that Cain was upset about the offering. He killed his brother. Jonah went the opposite direction from where God was taking him. So in every case, they left the presence of the Lord. Isaiah 59.2 says it like this, Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. That scripture was, Pastor Day brought that up this weekend too, that God does not hear our prayers when we have that ongoing sin in our life. See, willful ongoing sin in our life, it separates us from a holy God. And that's why Peter would say, be holy in all your conduct. The Lord said, be holy for I am holy. Any disobedience, right, in our lives to God's written word or to what God has spoken us to do will hinder our relationship with the Lord. It will break our fellowship with him. And just like all the examples of Adam and Eve, Cain and Jonah, until we repent of that sin and we are obedient to what God is calling us to do, we will have that separation from that presence, that awareness of God in our lives. James 4, 8 says to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But there's more to that verse. It goes on to say, cleanse your hands, you sinners, Purify your heart, you double-minded. See, that's the part of the verse we don't really like to hear. But the reality is the unclean hands, right, and a defiled heart will hinder the awareness of God's presence in our lives. Psalm 139, 
David would say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked or offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So as we enter this time of prayer, let's just really seek the Lord and just ask the Lord to reveal any areas in our life of any disobedience that are just really preventing us from experiencing the fullness and presence of God in our lives. See, there truly is no greater place to be than in the presence of the Lord. So as we transition into prayer, I'll just say feel free, as Mike talked about, roam around the campus. We just ask that you don't come up here Feel free to kneel up front. Maybe take a walk outside. I think the rain's kind of died down, so take a walk outside. It's nice sometimes. Less distractions. Just outside walking and talking with the Lord. It's a great time to just walk and talk with the Lord. But I was just kind of thinking as we prepare to close out, you know, there are certain times in our life when we really don't know how to pray. And I was really thinking about that. Um, sometimes when we're down here praying for people, we'll have people who will come forward for prayer, they start to talk and they just start weeping. They're just weeping. So how do you pray for them? And I was just thinking that Paul would say in Romans, the spirit helps in our weaknesses, right? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. He says he intercedes for us according to the will of God. And I was really thinking about that. That really is being sensitive in tune to the presence, the manifest presence of God around us, being sensitive because there are times when we do not even know what to say. And we just have to allow God to use us to pray over this person when we don't even know what to pray. And it's amazing how many times we pray for these people and they look at you like, how did you know? We did not know, but it's the Spirit of God who intercedes for us according to the will of God. And as we go into this corporate time, it's just a wonderful time that we just, we come together. And we're just glorifying God, seeking God's presence, seeking his direction. So as we take a few minutes to pray, let's just lift our hands up to the Lord, just in a surrender to the Lord. Father, we come as you instructed us boldly to the throne, God, of grace and mercy. God, you're inviting us into your presence in time of need. God, we just thank you that we have this opportunity that we can just come boldly to your throne, that we can seek you, Lord, that we can seek your face. And God, we just pray that we would be a church that is just cleansed and holy and blameless before you, that when you return, that you find your church prepared for yourself. God, we just pray for those in here who are struggling right now. 
God, that you would meet every need because we know there is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too difficult for you. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would just come right now for those who need that touch, who need a cleanse in their life, who need a healing in their life. God, you are the God who still heals today. God, you're still doing miracles today. And Lord, just those maybe who are just struggling right now would just... Maybe there's a certain sin that's in their life that they are just struggling with. And God, they desire so much to just want to be in your presence and just be able to put that behind them. I ask in the powerful name of Jesus that they would be set free tonight. God, we praise your holy name. You are worthy to be praised, God. You are worthy of all of our praise and honor and glory. And we thank you that we can come, that this is a house of prayer. God, that you've called us to be a house of prayer. Just looking to you, God, because sometimes we truly do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you, Lord. And we're just looking for you to guide and direct us by your presence, that we can just sense your presence leading us to the left or to the right, that you would say, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or to the left. God, we do pray that you would just pour out your glory, God, onto our church. Just your presence will be felt in such a mighty way through the, the worshiping of you, through the teaching of your word, that as people come in, they just sense the presence of the Lord in this house. God, we just are in all of you. Complete all of you and what you do in each and every one of our lives. Is every one of us is truly a miracle, God, that you brought us out of that darkness out of the darkness and set our feet upon a rock. And we are living in the marvelous light. God, no matter how things may be around us and in this world, we have hope. We have hope because of Jesus Christ. God, we are secure in our salvation and we know where we are going. We just give this time to you, Lord, as we just worship you with our mouths and with our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I felt like the Spirit was leading me to do something while we were worshiping, and Mike and I had already arranged where I was going to be closing out. And uh, my dad is here from Iowa, and he's been a prayer warrior for so many years. My whole family is saved. And it started with him getting saved in about 1975, 76. And he's prayed for my mom, uh, my siblings, and now so many people in our family. And I'm going to ask if my dad would come. I'm going to come down here on the floor. And um, I also have uh, my wife, Barb, and uh, our daughter, Christy, and her family. Why don't you come down, too? Because... We're going to pray for families. Every one of you have lost loved ones, I'm sure. And I'm going to have my dad pray. In fact, standing up here is going to be four generations of us because uh, my dad, our daughter, Christy, her husband, David, as you know, one of the pastors here, and our two grandkids that are here, uh, Reuben and Mary. And uh, I want my dad to pray for all of us for lost loved ones because here's what I know, and I'm not... I'm, 
I'm going to brag on him a little bit. He, it would be wrong for him to do it on himself, but I can do it about him. But they live in Iowa. He's got a little room in the basement where he's got, it's his prayer room. He's got pictures of missionaries from all over the world. He faithfully goes down there every morning. He's praying. He's praying for family. He's, he's the result of me coming to Christ because I know the chain reaction when we pray for the lost loved ones, people get saved. And so he didn't know I'm going to do this. He would not have probably agreed to it. Uh, he's a small business owner, farmer up in Iowa, and he's not a pastor, but you know what? He knows how to pray. And so, Dad, would you be so kind to pray for everybody here? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come before you. You're great and awesome, Lord. You're mighty, Lord. Your glory is forever and ever. I pray the glory of God would fall in this place, Lord. Whatever you want to be done would be done by your power, by your might, Lord. We seek your face, Lord. We know we seek your hand a lot of times, but we need to seek your face, Lord. So we seek your face, Lord, for who you are. You're awesome, Lord. You're mighty, Lord. You're coming soon, Lord. You're our blessed hope. It says, looking for the blessed hope and the glory superior of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. So I pray for salvation, Lord. That's the number one thing you want to do is save people, Lord. You want them in your kingdom to live with you forever and ever. And someday we're going to be there, Lord. We want to take as many people as we can with you, Lord. So we pray for salvation for lost ones. In every family here, Lord, we pray for salvation. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.